You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadoulou. Welcome back, everybody, to more of the Greek's Gridiron. I am Ethan Haristadoulou, and today we are continuing on with my eight-part mini-series where I dive into each and every single team in the USFL and introduce you all to the coaching staffs you'll be seeing on the sideline for these teams. And today, we are taking a look at the Houston Gamblers, a team that was only able to manage a couple of wins last season. However, one of them over the Birmingham Stallions, the only team to hand them an L last year. I'm hoping for a little bit more from the Gamblers this year. So let's dive into the coaching staff, talk a little bit about who is going to be on that sideline, and then I'll do a little bit more of a deeper dive into the head coach, the offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator. And my Gamblers fans, of course, comment down below. Let me know, how are you feeling about this coaching staff? Are you hopeful for this season? Do you expect to see maybe more than just the two wins you got last year? Maybe three, four, five? Maybe they're pushing somewhere into the playoffs at six, seven wins, something like that? Let me know what you think of this team in the comment section down below. But diving into the coaching staff, we'll start off with the head coach, of course, Curtis Johnson. He will be leading the helm of the Houston Gamblers team. He will be working alongside Eric Price, who will be his offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. His defensive coordinator and linebackers coach, it will be Chris Wilson. Andy Townsend is listed as their offensive line coach. Garrett, and excuse me if I mispronounce the names on this list here, because there are a couple of guys on here with some interesting spelling, and and believe me, my last name is Christodoulou. I know all about having people mess up my names. So I'm trying my absolute best here. We have Garrett Chacheri, or Kasheri, I'm not 100% sure how that's pronounced. It's C-H-A-C-H-E-R-E. You let me know how that's supposed to be pronounced. He is the running backs, wide receivers, and offensive quality controls coach. Ray Rischleski, I believe that is pronounced, the special teams and tight ends coach. We have Brett Maxey, who is the defensive backs coach. Quan Drake, who is the defensive line coach. And then Zach Shaggy, the assistant DBs and defensive quality control coach. And then their general manager is Bob Morris. So those will be the guys you see on the sideline this year working for the gamblers, trying to get them to more than just a couple of wins. But let's dive in. Let's take a look at the head coach and the two leading coordinators here and really get to know them and see what they're all about. We'll start things off with the head coach, of course, Curtis Johnson, a guy who lacks anything but experience, I would say. 38 years of coaching between both college and and the pros. The guy has been around the block and back a couple of times, I would say, in nearly 40 years. And I mean, you want to talk about a guy with tenure, listen to the amount of places he has been here. Starting all the way back in 1984 in the high school division for Lewiston, he then moved into the college ranks. He's coached for Idaho, San Diego State, SMU, California, Miami, before moving into the NFL with the New Orleans Saints, he went back to college to coach at Tulane as the head coach for a few years, came back to the NFL for Chicago, worked with the Saints some more, and then found his way to Houston to be the head coach of the Gamblers. This is an offensive-minded coach, a guy who's worked with wide receivers for a large portion of his career. And for me, that's kind of exciting because the Gamblers last year were not necessarily the greatest when it came to passing the football. So if you want a guy that's going to get the absolute most out of your receiving group and try to help elevate that side of the game, I think that Curtis Johnson really fits the bill there and should help you out, at least in theory. Uh, I will say that, with how I expect for his offense to be run this year, 
I'm probably gonna expect to see something that's more of like a balanced approach, mainly because you kind of have a little bit of a mystery as to like what the quarterback situation is gonna look like there in in Houston. You have Kenji Bahar who presents a really interesting option at quarterback, somebody who I was hoping to see a little bit more from last year. And then on top of that, you also have Montel Kozar and Terry Wilson who will be options at the quarterback position. But for me, I wanna see Kenji Bahar. I wanna see what he can bring to the table being a little bit more of a mobile quarterback quarterback. We did not get to see a ton from him last year, and he's kind of my pick to win out as the starting QB for the for the uh, gamblers, excuse me, but we'll just kind of see how things heads up, or ends up, excuse me. But for me, with such a large kind of question mark at your quarterback spot, I expect them to probably lean more to their strengths and focus on the ground game because they have running back Mark Thompson, who in seven starts last year really started to light it up and look like a dominant force in the USFL. And I think that piggybacking off of his successful season last year is probably in the best interest of this offense altogether and really trying to see what you can do to force teams to essentially just be honest on defense with what they're trying to do and hopefully open things up for your passing game. Staying on the subject of offense, we're now going to look at offensive coordinator Eric Price, another guy who has a ton of experience coaching, his coaching career beginning all the way back in 1990. He had stints in the NFL with the Chiefs, Jets, and Jaguars, and then in the NCAA ranks, working with UTEP, Alabama, Memphis, and Tulane. So he has been around the block quite a bit. He is obviously an offensive-minded guy. He spent a lot of time as an offensive research guy for the Jacksonville Jaguars, most notably working with them during that 2017 season where he worked with the Jaguars that made it all the way to the AFC Championship and were like this close with Blake Bortles to finding their way into the Super Bowl. That same Jaguars team that year leading the league in rushing with over 2,200 yards. Leonard Fournette was their lead back. He had over 1,000 yards and on top of that, nine rushing touchdowns. I would look for them with like what I mentioned while talking about Curtis Johnson, a guy who loves his receiving group and will probably look to get the absolute most out of them. But also knowing you have a strong rushing attack with Mark Thompson and bringing in a guy like Eric Price who has seen the success of an offense at such a high level nearly push themselves to a Super Bowl on the back of a really strong rushing attack with a quarterback that was really like week to week because it was some weeks Bortles looked good other weeks he did not look great but the one consistent thing that you could look at was that rushing attack because you had the thousand yard rusher and Leonard Fournette and then a bunch of other guys that were looking at like 300 plus yards on the ground that you kind of rotate in and out Mark Thompson can play that Leonard Fournette role and then you can have your other running backs spell their way in here and there, relieve him when necessary, and continue to pound defenses into submission. I really think that whatever they try to do, it's going to be focused on establishing the run so you can open things up for your passing game. Because I, like I said, kind of a question mark at quarterback. Don't necessarily know what's going to go on there or what you're going to get out of it. So focus on a little bit more on what you know can be successful here. And that's running back Mark Thompson behind an offensive line that looked pretty good against the run defenses that they went up against in last season. Now, as for the defensive side of the football here, I'll be very interested in seeing how the Gamblers' defense looks. They were an absolute unit turning the ball over last year, led the league in turnovers. They did lose some key pieces here. I will say that losing Chris Odom definitely hurts them because he was looking at double-digit sacks last year, and he was an absolute force on the edge. You had a lot of really good guys in the defensive backfield. So, 
I mean, we'll see how this defense looks, but Chris Wilson is the guy that's going to be leading the way. He spent a large portion of his career specifically working with the defensive line. So while there is some slight concern losing a guy like Chris Odom with a guy who specializes in working with the defensive front, I think you're going to see a real focus on bringing the pressure and just trying to wreak havoc on the quarterbacks that are trying to operate against them here. I'm expecting that this defense is probably going to be a 4-3 setup in terms of just how their base defense looks. I, I just and that's that's a guess, but just based off of the way the roster is made up, all of their defensive ends are within that like 250-pound-ish range. Eli Howard's like the one guy that doesn't necessarily fit there. He sits at around 270, so he's like more of like a hybrid. You could maybe put him inside if you need to on like just true rushing attacks when it's passing down. But overall, all your DNs sit within that 250 range, so they're more like traditional edge rushing DNs. And then on top of that, your D tackles, the guy you have, the guys that you just have set up for the interior, all big dudes. They're all like you know, they're all six. Six three four five two hundred or not two hundred excuse me three hundred and thirty some odd pounds big dudes in the middle so they can kind of eat up the blocks as necessary so I'm expecting that we're gonna see a four three scheme on top of that I'm expecting this defense to be very very physical and that's in large part because of how massive the cornerback room is on this defense here if you have not looked at the numbers all of those guys are going to be big. Big dudes giving some wide receivers some problems. They're all listed at 6'1 or higher. There's a lot of 6'1s. I believe a, a corner or two at 6'2. And there's a few 6'3s in there as well. The lone exception is Nazir Streeter. He's 5'9, but he's still 185 pounds, which is a lot for a guy that's only 5'9. Their cornerback, or just their defensive back group as a whole pretty large group of guys for a defensive back group. So I'm expecting for Chris Wilson, 4-3 scheme. You're going to send some edge rushers after the quarterback. You're probably going to rely on more of a four-man front to really try to create as much pressure and be able to drop back seven guys as necessary. But expect the pressure, expect them to press up at the front and be aggressive at the line of scrimmage. Really try to bully those uh, wide receivers coming off of their release. And, you know, whether it's... Uh, a 4-3 kind of like, I, I would really love to see them try to run like a Tampa 2 zone type of scheme. But if not, if it's more man-to-man, -man, whatever it may end up being, I don't necessarily know. We'll see what they find in terms of strengths in their cornerback room. But I expect them to be aggressive at the line of scrimmage at both the defensive line and at the defensive back spot. All those guys are big and nasty, and they, I think they can get the job done here. So look for a very aggressive defense up front. I think this, I think this Gamblers team, honestly, defensively, is going to, again, be very fun to watch just based off of the way their roster is constructed in terms of size and strengths. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the Gamblers do in Season 2. But that's just kind of a little bit of a look at the coaching staff and what you can expect from their units on both sides of the football. Let me know, my Gamblers fans, what are you thinking? How are you feeling? Let me know in the comment section down below. I would love to hear your thoughts and opinions as well. If you made it all the way to the end of, end of the video, I greatly appreciate you. But I will see you all in the next video. Enjoy yourselves and have a good one.